Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. I don't, I don't know, many of you may not know this about me, so I'm gonna let you in on a, a few things. Um, I actually don't know where to tell people when they ask me, where are you from? So when say, people say, hey, where are you from? I grew up in Louisiana, in central Louisiana, but I moved to Memphis, Tennessee for a part of my life and then came back home. And I'm just a country girl. Grew up on big property of land and played outside from sunup to sundown. Anybody know that life? Okay, there's a few more country people. And that is why you hear me say, amen. (laughs) <laughs> if you don't know, I get, I get made fun of a little around here. So come on, give me one of your best impersonations of amen. amen. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I, I say amen like that because of where I was raised. We were always in the country. We were always just out in the field. We love to ride four-wheelers. So when we came back to Louisiana from Memphis, we had some friends with us who came to visit us in Louisiana and one of our friends, my brother's friend, Neil, was just a good old city boy. Never been out in the woods, never rode a four-wheeler. And we were just so excited to take him on an adventure. And so we taught him, we had a Kawasaki 220, little bright blue four-wheeler. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, it wasn't as powerful as we thought it was when we were young, but we loved it. And we had this Kawasaki and we showed him, hey, Neil, here's how you're gonna ride, you're gonna get on. Um, And we actually had built this ramp. And I know it probably wasn't that big, but as a kid, I remember thinking this ramp, we would get some air, we'd build some speed and we'd get going on this hill and we we would get air. It was awesome. We thought we were the coolest thing ever. So we tell Neil, we talk him into trying it. City boy Neil, get on this four wheeler. And I'll never forget my brother said this. He said, there's one thing, everybody say one thing. There's one thing you need to know. Neil, no matter what, stay on the four-wheeler. Simple. Simple, just stay on the four-wheeler. It's gonna, you may turn a little bit in the air. You may get, get off the ground a little bit, depending on how fast you go. Just stay on the four-wheeler. So Neil takes off. He's going pretty fast. We're actually like, this can be good. <laughs> the anticipation is building. He hits the ramp. He starts going up the hill. Now, we were standing on the other side, so there was this tree blocking the view of right at the tip top of the ramp. But we're watching him, and here he is on that Kawasaki 220. He hits the ramp. He goes around the tree, and all of a sudden, all we see is a four-wheeler. There is no Neil. Neil bailed. He was out of there, fell off the four-wheeler. He had one thing to remember. Stay on the four-wheeler. He couldn't do that. You know when people are trying to give you instructions to do something new and they just keep giving you instructions? Hey, you're gonna, you know, keep your eye on the ball. Then you're gonna, okay, make sure your elbow's down and then you're gonna pull through, you know, all these things. I'm like, give me one thing. I just need one thing. I can't remember it all. Neil, it got hard. It got tough and he bailed out. And I don't know about you, but there's times in my life when things get tough, I just kinda wanna bail out. And I forget the one thing that I'm supposed to do. And I thought about 
this day, the last day of 2023, here we are, December 31st. And as I was praying and preparing for what I wanted to share, I thought about what is one thing that we could do that's just different, that would change 2024? I thought about it in my own personal life. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people that likes to set a lot of goals. Anybody with me? You're just like, I, I would need to be better at this. I need to be better at this. I gotta do this better. And you start thinking about all the things that need to be better. Anybody think about 2023 and go, I'm ready for 2024. Anybody? Okay. Well, I started thinking about all the things, right? And I was praying, I was saying, hey, with a room this size right now and the stories in this room, think about those who are watching at Denim and Ascension. I think about those who are watching online. I even look around this room and I know the stories because I've had conversations with people in 2023, the things you've been through, the tough things. And if there's one thing, if there's one thing we can say for 2024, what would God want us to do? And, and Jesus showed us that one thing. In Matthew 6, the great Sermon on the Mount, he told us the one thing. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he says, and all these things will be added to you. Jesus gives the answer here to the one thing we need to be concerned about for 2024. He says, seek this one thing. By doing this one thing, all the other things are gonna take care of themselves. And here's the thing. We're all seeking something. You may not even know it until you really start to ask yourself, but we're all seeking something. You know, if you wanna take an inventory real quick, you know, I started doing that this week. What, what was I seeking in 2023? So uh, maybe ask yourself these questions. Where did my time go in 2023? What did I think about more than anything else in 2023? Maybe you ask, well, where did my resources go? What did I spend money on in 2023? We're all seeking something. Maybe it's fulfillment. Maybe it's, you just want people to like you. Maybe you're seeking happiness in a relationship. But we all seek something. We all are looking for something. And I just want to ask you this question. Did you find it in 2023? Ask yourself, what are you seeking right now? If you want 2024 to be different, let's start with what matters the most. There's a, a story in the Bible, and I love this story. It's a story of two sisters that were great friends with God, Mary and Martha. And they, they loved Jesus, and they spent time with Jesus. They learned from Jesus. They followed Jesus. And we have this passage um, that picks up in Luke, and I want to look at a scripture in a second. But just so you have some context, they invite Jesus over to their house. And, and Mary, she is in the, I'm gonna call it the living room. I don't, I don't know the rooms that they had in their house, but I'm gonna say she's in the living room. She is sitting at Jesus' feet. Jesus is teaching. She's like, Jesus is here. I'm not missing a thing. She is sitting at his feet. Now, Martha, because he's over at the house, Martha is cooking and getting ready. How many of you are doers in the, in the room Anybody love language? Your love language is acts of service. I want to do something for somebody. How many of you are quality time? 
It's almost like they were, this was the love languages happening, right? Martha was acts of service here and Mary was spending quality time. But the Bible says that Mary was at the Lord's feet, but Martha was distracted by what she was preparing. Now, Martha gets a really bad rap in this story. I always feel sorry for Martha because I feel like I would be like Martha, right? I'm the type of person when people are coming over to my house is I'm running around like a crazy woman. Does anybody else do that when people are coming over? It's like you can't let people know that you live in a house. That's crazy, isn't it? You're like fluffing the pillows. Like it doesn't even look like the couch. Somebody sat on it. People sit on couches. It's okay. Don't y'all want freedom in 2024? Let's all just have messy houses. Does that work? Okay. Some of y'all are like, oh dear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Just, yeah, you heard it. Word from the Lord. Um, so Martha, she's preparing and she actually gets bold enough to go into the room where Jesus is and says, Jesus, would you ask my sister to help me? That's how frustrated she was. Now I can, I've been at that place where you're at the sink and you're just washing dishes, you know, and you're just like, I wish somebody would get in here and help me, you know. But Martha takes it to a whole nother level. She goes into where Jesus is and he's probably teaching and she says, would you please ask Mary to come help me? Would you please come ask? And I think about, you know, I feel for Martha because I would be thinking of a plan. So around my house, um, whoever cooks, um, we at the end of the dinner, everyone helps clean. Everyone, it's the whole family. So there's six of us. And so we have this thing called seven minute cleanup at our house. We actually have a board um, near the fridge that has seven minute cleanup streak and we record. So we set a timer for seven minutes and everybody has to help clean the kitchen for seven minutes. And it's a race. We're competitive in the Stroop household. So it is a race. If I'm Martha, I would be like, hey, Jesus, could y'all pause real quick? Can we do seven minute cleanup? Just, just real quick and then, cause I wanna hear what you're teaching, I'm missing it. Can we do something to clean up? Or could she, she may have been like, um, Mary, uh, Jesus, could y'all bring that in the kitchen? Just bring it on in here. I wanna be a part of that. But she asked, would you please tell my sister to come help me? And look at the Lord's response in Luke 10, 41. It says, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. He says, Martha, you're worried and you're upset over all these details. There's one thing and Mary has discovered it. You see, they both invited Jesus into their home, but one was distracted. They both were spending time with Jesus, but one was doing things for Jesus and forgot the whole reason that he was there. We can be quick to judge Martha and think, Jesus was in her house. I would act different. I wouldn't have worried about what was happening in the kitchen. I would have sat at his feet, but he is all around us. And how many times in life, I'm speaking for me especially, I get so distracted so busy, so loaded down with all the things of this world that I miss his presence. You know, we're all seeking something. 
You know, and, and if I ask this room to say, hey, what's the most important thing? If you were listing things in order one through five, if you're a believer in this room, number one, you're gonna write G-O-D, right? God, it's the most important thing. But if I start really asking myself, okay, hey, where did my time go? Where did my resources go? What do I think about the most? What's the reality of that top five in my life? You know, I can have full intentions to go after something. For example, this is the way it unfolds for me in my house. I, 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 one day I decide, hey, I need a safety pin. It's in the back, it's in my room. I know it's in the nightstand right beside my bed. I can have full intention to go for the safety pin and y'all know where I'm going and I, I walk by the hallway and I look in the kid's bathroom and I see clothes on the floor. Oh, I tell those kids, do not leave your clothes on the floor, but there they are. And so I stop and I get the clothes on the floor. I realized then I didn't do laundry yet today. So now I'm separating colors, I'm separating towels, I'm doing all this, I look up and all of a sudden I see there's a Band-Aid sticking out of the medicine cabinet. What is that Band-Aid doing sticking out? I go, get up, I open the, the linen closet. An hour later, I am reorganizing the linen closet. I had full intentions to go get a safety pin. As Christians, we can have full intention to pursue God, to seek him first, but we get so distracted just like Martha. Listen to this scripture. I read this this week and this hit me. Psalm 10.4 said this, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. Who? In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Oh, that hit me hard this week. What are you seeking right now? What are you seeking? What is consuming your thoughts? I think sometimes it's important we take an inventory. What are we seeking? The second question I wanna answer today is what happens when we seek God first? What happens when we seek God first? Matthew 6.33 says we'll have everything we need. It's that simple. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and I'll take care of everything. It's said another way in Psalm 34.10, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord, say this with me, lack no good thing. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You know, I thought about when do I seek the Lord? Usually for me, it's when I need direction from God. I say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with what to do next. God, I, I need you. I, I, it's when I, I'm, I'm sick, when I'm hurting, you think about the times you really go after God. When you are seeking him, it's usually because you're looking for the answer to something. You're looking for peace. You're looking for fulfillment. You're looking for healing. You're looking for the answer. Whatever it might be, you're looking for this and you're going after it. But you know what I believe happens when we say this one thing, I'm gonna seek the Lord. I think we realize as we're looking for the answer to all these things, we realize that when we seek him, God is everything we need. You know, I can finish a time of just seeking him and seeking him, and I can go into it with trying to get the answer to something, and I can say amen, and I don't have the answer. But somehow, I have this peace 
because I've spent time with him. And he is saying in Matthew 6, 33, if you'll just seek me first, I'll take care of everything that you need. Everything you're concerned about. Whatever it might be for you, as you think about 2024 and you think, God, how, how are you going to work this out? God, it didn't happen in 2023. So God, how are you going to do it? And I think what's so beautiful about seeking the Lord is as we seek him, we discover that the answer is him. The answer is him. He is everything we need. I think about stories in this room. People who have, have come to God and, and, and came to pastors here and said, hey, I need this. I'm, I'm struggling in divorce or I'm struggling with my family and my, my adolescent. I'm having trouble, whatever it might be. And, and they start spending time with God. You see this difference in them. Weeks, months, years later, there's this difference. There's this joy. There's this this newness to them because the relationship is built. When we seek God, we're saying, hey God, I care more about you and seeking your face than I do about my comfort. Another scripture says this in Hebrews eleven six: whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I like a good reward. Y'all like a good reward? I'm one of those people, I'm like, where's the trophy? I won. Give me the trophy, right? Here he's saying, if you draw near to God, you must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, when I, I read this scripture this week, I started to ask myself, do I seek him like I know he exists? I know that sounds like a simple question, but I really thought about that. When I seek God, do I really think he exists? Because if I really believe that he exists, I have that faith and I believe that he rewards those who seek him. God himself is our greatest reward. Having that relationship with him. When we have him, we have everything we need. Amen? Amen. What are you seeking right now? You gotta ask yourself that. What happens when we seek the Lord? We get him, all of him. But this is the question that I wanna hang out in, and it's how, how do I seek the Lord? You know, that sounds like this, you know, far off idea, seeking the Lord. You know, what is it? Is he playing hide and seek? Is he hiding? What, what is this? But I think the first thing we need to know is we, as a believer, if you're a believer in this room, you need to know you can only seek the Lord because he sought you first. Bottom line, he sought you first. He called you by name. He called you, he drew you close to him. That's the only way we can have a relationship with him. Luke 19, 10 says, for the son of man came to seek and save the law. So he started it. He started it. He sought after you. Somebody needs to hear that in this room. You are that valuable that he sought you. He came and he found you. At your worst, he loved you. At your worst, he loved you. He sought you first. You know, nothing comes close to comparing how the Lord sought us, but bear with me for a second because this is the best analogy I have. So in 2009, 
Um, my husband now, Andy and I, we were just good friends. Andy, can you wave at everybody over there? <laughs> we were just good friends. And we actually had our first date, which I didn't even know it was our first date in April of 2009 because we went to a restaurant to eat as friends. And we're sitting down in Prejean's um, and we're sitting down and we're just having normal conversation. And I'm noticing he's acting a little funny. He's a little sweaty. He keeps getting up and going to the bathroom. I'm not joking, y'all. I think he went three times before we even had our food. And I was thinking, what is wrong with him? We're sitting there, we're having Prejean's and we're eating. It was just a normal day. We're friends. And then he just starts this conversation that I did not see coming. He says, hey, I, I, I talked to your dad last week. And I'm like, what did you talk to my dad about? He's like, I, I actually really care about you and I, I wanna take this relationship a little deeper. I'm, I'm butchering this. He's so much better at words than I am. But it was so sweet. It was very kind. And y'all, I'm, I'm sorry, I get a little awkward. I'm, I'm, I can be weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm sweating right now thinking about it. I, I, get, a little, I get a little awkward and, and he is pouring out his heart and he's so good with his words. And this was my response and I'm not, I'm not joking. I just said, well, that's cool. <laughs> I really meant, yay, I like you too. But I just didn't know how to put that so poetically like he had. There was this pursuit he had. He sought me right? But then over the next few weeks, there was this, I want to get to know you more. There was some seeking on the other side because I, I need to learn more about you. I need to know, you know, what are the things that make you happy and, you know, all these things. And I wanted to be with him all the time. Well, I like hated saying bye. I hated saying bye. I wanted to hang out with him all the time. That is what it should be like. That is why we seek him. He sought us first, right? But then there's this, I gotta get to know you. I wanna know everything about you. I wanna, I wanna see you in your face. I wanna look at you and know your ways. It's not just what you can do for me, but it's I wanna know you. Think about what would 2024 look like if we decided as a church, as an individual, I'm gonna seek the Lord. I'm gonna go after him. I wanna know more about him. How do I do that? I want you to look at it because in Psalm 27, four, David gives us this one thing. He prays for one thing and he gives us how we can do it. He says in Psalm 27, four, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most. Oh, this is my prayer. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Here's the first thing David does is he asks. Huh. Simple as that. He says, God, I want to know you more. I challenge you today to pray that prayer. You know, I think about, you know, the, the, the scripture says, and Jesus teaches on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you know, if, a, if your child asks you for bread, you don't give him a snake. I can't imagine us praying to God and saying, God, I want to know you more. And him being like, nah. <laughs> it is a guaranteed answer prayer. If you pray, God, I want to know you more. 
But here's the thing, you gotta mean it. Because I can sing the songs and I can say the words. I can say, God's my number one. Hallelujah. Right? But I, if I want to know him more, it starts by asking him. And David says, hey, show me more of you. Then here's the thing. When we ask him to show him more, we have to live it expecting that he's real that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. He goes on to tell us in this scripture, Psalm 27, four, how to seek the Lord. He gives two things to stay in, in his presence. He says, I wanna live in your presence. I wanna live in the house of the Lord. He says, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Now I think about meditating in his temple. I think about prayer time with God. Maybe you're a new believer in the room. Don't worry about it being perfect. Just go talk to him. Anything about that first date with somebody, it's a little awkward. Just talk. Just talk and listen to him. Read his words. Spend time meditating on who he is. That's how we get to know him. It's taking the time away. You know, a lot of times we can treat life like Martha, right? We can think about all the things we need to do, and then we're trying to fit in God. We get to the end of the day, anybody like that? Sometimes you get to the end of the day, you go, I'm tired. I didn't even spend time with God today. It's like it's the last thing on our mind instead of the first. Meditating in his temple looks like prayer time, getting in God's word, spending time alone with him. But then there's a next part of this that David talks about in seeking the Lord, and that is delighting in his perfections. And I love this part because sometimes I think we think of seeking the Lord just as that time where we're by ourselves in prayer. I'm seeking the Lord. And sometimes I think I'm doing that. I've done that. I've done that. But I believe it is so important that we don't separate the two. I believe that we're also called to delight in the Lord's perfections. Well, what, what does that mean? I think that means living our lives and seeing God in everything. There shouldn't be this separation. Okay, I spent time with God at his feet and now I'm gonna go live my life. But it is walking with him constantly. You know, as a pastor, I can miss this. I'm, I'm just a little confession time, okay? I can miss this. I can spend time at the Lord's feet and pray and say, God, use me today. God, I wanna be used. I wanna help somebody. God, show me something I can do to show your love today. Walk out of my prayer time with him and a neighbor comes across the street and, and, and she starts talking to me and I'm thinking, I'm late. I, I'm late for work. And, and she's telling me all about this stuff going on in her life. And I'm late. I miss it. God's like, hey, here, here it is. Teed it up for you. Right? But we've, we shut those things down. We separate them and we say, okay, I'm going to spend time with God and then I'm going to go live my life. When he wants it to be all-encompassing, seeking the Lord. It's like playing hide and seek. You know, when, do you remember hide and seek? Okay, one person remembers hide and seek. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> There's the counting part, right, where you close your eyes and you count. But then there's the going after the person you're looking for. That's how we live our lives. Looking for God in every single thing, delighting in the Lord's perfections. It's setting our mind. First Chronicles 22:19 says, now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. You know what that tells me? 
my mind will go astray. I gotta set it. How do I do it? I gotta say, he's my priority. Whether I feel it or not, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna set my mind. You know what happens? We start setting our mind and then our heart follows. We start to say, this is what's important in our life. It always happens like that. You think about it. Think about a middle school girl who develops a crush, right? She sees someone, she sees this guy and she starts, she, she thinks he's cute. That's her set in her mind. She's like, he's, he's a good looking kid, middle schooler, sixth grader. <laughs> he's a good looking kid. Weeks later, whatever she sees, she is thinking about him. She can walk outside and see a tree and she's just giggling and looking at her friends. You see that tree? It reminds me so much of, of, I can't think of a guy's name right now. Help me out. Give me a guy's name. John, thank you. Man, all the guy's names in the world, I couldn't think of one. She sees that tree and she says, that tree looks just like John. It's just so strong, so mighty. Looks just like him. Why? Because it consumes her thoughts. But you know what it started with? It started her setting her mind. That's the way it should be like for us. This setting our mind and then this consuming our thoughts and everywhere we go, it's just, God, I love you. How do we seek him? We go after him in the alone time, but we also delight in the Lord's perfections. We see him. Don't put your pressure on yourself to hours and hours. I gotta stay in a closet. We gotta live our lives, but we do it with him. We do it with him saying, God, use me wherever I go. This is your holy ground. And wherever I see, God, this is your children. This is who you put me in front of. I'm gonna delight in the Lord's perfections. You know, I thought about my, my poppy he always thought about the one thing. My poppy is my mom's dad. We, we called him poppy. He had the best hair, silver hair, full head of hair. And my poppy sought the Lord. He sought the Lord. He went after God. You'd be riding in the car with him and it would, it would just be quiet. And I'd just be thinking, you know, we're going to Whataburger or whatever it was. He loved Whataburger. And we'd be in the car and it would get quiet and he would just say, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just get quiet. He was talking to God nonstop. We'd be riding horses in the field, just going through life. I was looking at all kinds of things around. Poppy would say, God's so good. He's so good. What would 2024 look like if we constantly thought of the Lord? If we sought Him? You want 2024 to be different? There's one thing. One thing. You don't have to remember all the other stuff. You just have to remember one thing. It's like staying on the four-wheeler. Just remember one thing. Seek first. Seek God first. Yes. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. We quote Jeremiah 29, 11 all the time. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. But look at verse 12. It says, then you will call on me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me 
when you seek me with all your heart. I love the way the message translation says it. It says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Come on, can we clap our hands for Jesus? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.